Almost 30. Welcome to the podcast. What's up? How are you guys? Good to have you. Glad you're here. It's Lindsay and Krista. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. We have a good one today with Jessamine Stanley, who's been on the pod, I think, two other times. Mm -hmm. She was one of the... We had her on at your old apartment where we used to record on the floor. Mm -hmm. They're probably in our first year of the show. Yes. Yeah, we've been fans of Jessamine for quite some time and just seen her through... The first time we interviewed her, she had yet to write her first book. Mm -hmm. And we talked to her about her first book. And now she has another book out, uh, Yoke, which is just so incredible. And it has that memoir feel, but then also going more deeply into her yogic practice Mm -hmm. and the light and dark of yoga and or the integration of light and dark. And it was just really, really good to catch up with her. Yeah, it was so much fun. I can't wait for you guys to listen. And today has been a day. Has been a day. I don't know about Integrating you guys. the light and the dark. Total, yeah, actually getting the lesson. Yeah. We just had a very interesting interview. Not going to say too much, but... Mm-hmm. Well, we won't release it, so... Yeah. Kindly. Oh, not say that. I don't know. <laughs> it was someone that was under the influence. Mm-hmm, I know. <laughs> and it was really... I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, I thought you knew. Because, I mean, Krista and I have been friends for a very long time and are around each other so much. And so we can feel each other yes. when we shift and when we're like not in it anymore, when yes. we are disturbed and all of these things. So I, I kind of felt that from you at one point, And then I was like, wait, I don't know if she's picking up what I'm picking up and I don't know if I'm picking up the right thing. And it was very confusing. And and then I got sad and then I got um, a little upset. Everything was happening inside where I was like angry. Yes. Because I'm like, I can't believe someone showed up under the influence. And And then you're like, I can't believe I feel horrible for them. I know. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Where I was like, I was kind of, yeah, making excuses in my mind where I'm like, to show up somewhere like that, you must have been in pain before yes. this, you know? So I do, I just, yeah, what makes me sad about it is that this person had a great experience and it wasn't reciprocal. And that's what happens under the influence. Yep. You don't really know what's happening. You know, you kind of lose that sense that you have normally, which is actually the point for a lot of people. It's like yes. to lose that sense yes. of uh, understanding other people or yeah, that that in-touchness. Mm-hmm. Dang, that just it threw me for a loop. I know. That threw me for a loop. That was, I think that's, the, that we've had that happen one other time in our mm-hmm. first year and a half. And we're kind of, you know, we're, we're sitting with this thought of, you know, do we kind of check in with her on a personal level? Yes. Because it was... Yes, but we don't really know this person. Yeah. Is what's hard. So it's like, is it our place? Mm-hmm. This is business, but it's, you know, it's an interesting mm-hmm. thing. Totally. Yeah, it's just been a weird day. And then we've been in... Just like, it's one of those days where like the conversations are all weird. Yes. <laughs> and then you look at one thing with business or your job and you're like, that's not right. And then you look at another thing, you're like, that's not right either. Mm -hmm. It's like one day you're like, everything is flowing. Totally. And then the next day you're like, everything is not working. Yeah. Well, I feel like once you kind of get into that spiral of, then you just find more of. And you compare. And Mm -hmm. I don't normally compare so much, but today I've been on, today I've been on a tear. Yeah. I don't know why. I'm trying to think. Well, I also think that, you know, as far as our schedule goes, like things have been very much in flow. We've had more rest than normal. Mm-hmm. Like, I also think there is something to stress and finding things that are seemingly either wrong or not going right and making that a part of like our to do or mm-hmm. like, yeah, perp- like for sure the purpose for the day. Yes, that's facts. But I also think that the things that we're picking up on are things that do warrant improvement. Yes and do warrant attention. Um, But it's just a little frustrating at times. I think, you know, any of you business owners out there, you know, or running anything, Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, that like behind the curtain, we are so proud of everything we've built and our team and everything, Mm -hmm. but there are still things that are not perfect and don't run so smoothly every single day. Like a lot. Not a lot, but yeah. And I just wonder you know, always coming back to like, will I ever feel there Mm -hmm. with it? Mm. 
Yeah. You know, because then you get bigger and bigger. You just get your dreams change and it's like, damn, will I ever feel like there? And then Chelsea in our our, um, membership. So we had a really good membership workshop with Erica Gabriel, who's a medium and intuitive. And the question that Chelsea asked her when we were talking to her about really tapping into your intuition and um, learning how to listen to that inner voice, Chelsea asked about, she's like, I'm a, she's an actor, she's a comedian. Mm -hmm. And she was saying, how do I listen to my voice and inner guidance? And what do I know is true? Like if my path and knowance of me being on my path is determined by numbers and social media, she's like, so if I'm not getting the numbers in social media, is it the path I should be on? You know, totally. And that's such an interesting thing. It's like, because you do see that. You're like, oh, when people are in their power, everything flows. Mm-hmm. They become successful. They become, you know, they have abundance. They have all these things. And it's like, and if you're not, if you're working towards something and it's not really working, is it because it's not for you? Or is it because there's some, either a worthiness yes, thing or something a that you could thing, be working or it's on? Coming? Yeah. It's <laughs> like, how long do you wait? 100%. I know. That's so, I was thinking about that. I was like, wow, that's so true. Because in our work, it is hard to not, I think in so many people's lives, it's hard to not be numbers focused, Mm -hmm. compare yourself to others. And then when you're not as successful as you'd like to be, you're like, what about my worthiness is being reflected? Mm -hmm. What about my belief in myself is being reflected in this? Or is it that I'm not seeing what's really here? which is success. Do you know what I mean? Which is abundance. It's like, is it my perspective or is it, I don't know. Well, I think when you bring in the other, so it's like the ability to compare yourself to others, whether it's in your industry, then there's like so, because it's like infinite. It's like, Mm -hmm. there's so many different ways to be like, I'm not there yet or I'm not good enough or I'm not like them. But I think if we most of our days are blinders on Mm -hmm. and like doing this work and hearing from our community and having all of that incredible feedback and just fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, oh, that is success. Yes. And then I have days where I'm like, we're not there yet. 100%. (laughs) You know, but that, that truly is where I have to like remind myself, wow. And I sometimes I have to have people in my life remind me like, do you know how cool that is? I know. That that's what you do every day? And I'm like, I know. But there are some days that I forget that that is part of what true success is and impact and fulfillment. Yep. And everyone has like another person that they look up to or they compare themselves to. I just think sometimes in the self-help game, it's such an interesting world because there's a contradiction for everything. Mm. You know, there's like this indoctrination of, self-help that's like everything will flow to you if you're on Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know if you're on your path or like you have to work hard you know it's just like all different and you're like what's for me yes like what part is for me completely but it was fun in our conversation with jessamine today we got to really just kind of run the gamut of Mm -hmm. of topics you know she's just such a person that's so present to what's there and what's real. And she's in the process of actually going um, across the country. She Mm -hmm. got a trailer, her and one of her partners are going across the country. And so she's in, you know, that phase and then putting out the book. And really we examined so many different things, you know, social media. We talked about her relationship with yoga today. We talked about her journey in the past couple years, you know, since the first conversation we've had with her. And we also talked about what, like how she has made it a point to be authentically herself mm. all along. Because in a world that really tries to change you, that is online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I loved, I loved her understanding of the mask. Mm-hmm. I had never heard that before where yes. she was describing it as we are born with a mask. She's like, at my core, I am light. She's like, but I came in in a body, which is from one perspective, kind of like a mask, Mm -hmm. you know? And then my parents named me and, you know, just kind of indoctrinated me into their lives and so on and so forth. And 
yeah, it was a really, it was like a non-judgmental, very neutral way of just kind of describing this, this concept of a mask, which I think we feel like, oh, we put on a mask when we go to work or when mm-hmm. we are on social media, but to kind of go one step further and describe that mask is like, well, we as humans are kind mm-hmm. of like this mask. Yeah, this whole thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was beautiful. And, mm-hmm. and that really relates to, you know, the feeling of loneliness that we've talked about before. It's like when you wear, when you are in that mask at all times, you can really feel disconnected from people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she shared about an experience she had that was just sort of representative of the dark and the light where um, she was a victim of sexual assault. And we talked about, you know, how those dark situations really shape you. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of that is um, talked about in more detail in Yoke, which is her new book that is out now, uh, which is really, really beautiful. If you don't already follow Jessamine, you can follow her at my name is Jessamine and obviously go get her book wherever books are sold. And then she has an app as well, a yoga app called Underbelly. So check that out. Yes. And then we have camp, guys. We will see you at camp. Camp Almost 30 is our favorite thing ever. It is a free virtual event that is happening on July 24th, 9.30 a.m. We have amazing speakers. We have Roddy Devlukyashetti, Debbie Brown, Africa Brooke, Jazz the Moon Mother, Alyssa Romeo, Aaron Abke, Lindsay and myself, Terry Cole, Adriana Ayales. It's packed. Mm -hmm. It is free. And it is one of the most connected I've ever felt within our community. One of the most proud uh, times I've ever felt. And I know you guys are going to really love it. We really do it to kick off our membership enrollment, which is happening that week after we actually open up our membership again for the first time or the second time in 2021 for you guys to join. Yeah, you can get your spot. It's free, uh, but space is limited. So make sure you sign up at almost30.com slash camp. We appreciate you all. Thank you for listening. Make sure you are subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts and new episodes can hit your inbox every single week. We appreciate you. And if you're called, please, please, please share a review. It means the world to us. We read every single one of them. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Well, we're so excited to see you and have you again. I mean, it's always just such a blast yeah, to connect with you. I'm so for proud you. of you. How yeah. long ago has it been? I think oh, we did our live. We did our live, I think, uh-huh. like a year ago. And then you were on, I think, you've, have you been on twice? Or maybe it was our live. But I feel like maybe. Maybe twice. Maybe maybe for no. every body yoga. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you were on mm-hmm. like what, our first year. So mm-hmm. like forever ago, I don't think you had any books out yet. So... Yeah, it's just been oh, yeah. it's been so cool to see you to see you go and really just always be yourself the whole time. Like I think that's my favorite part is just seeing you expand but also stay true to who you are and your authenticity and speak to what you want to speak to and you know everything like that. So, I'm excited about the book. It seems amazing. We mm-hmm. just got the digital copies and it's it's baller. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I feel like it's um it's really exciting to be able to really expand what the message is mm-hmm. and be able to like just really go as far as we can go. Like it's dope. Mm-hmm. It's been dope to see my team expand and yeah. also to just be able to collaborate with other people in different ways. And it's something that, I mean, when I first started, I don't think that I had really like, I didn't aspire to this. You know what I mean? Yes. And so it really just feels like more and more opportunities to just be myself and that myself can be expansive and mm. can bloom into something that I don't know and could never imagine. And I'm sure y'all must feel the same way. Yeah, like, I literally I mean, it's do. Cra- it's crazy to me how long, I mean, how many episodes are y'all at at this point? 400. Like, Almost 500, yeah. But that's what I was thinking about too. I, I had I, there's like a liberation in not having the expectation for this life, and I mm-hmm. think you have the same. Where it's like I never expected this, and this yeah. isn't really this. What I didn't really I had dreams, but I didn't have this dream. And so now that this dream mm-hmm. is here for me, it's like I don't have any attachment to it because it's just such a beautiful mm-hmm. thing, and I'm not like forcing it to be anything. And same for you, it's like there's like such a freedom in allowing it to move how it's supposed to move and be how it's supposed to be when you're not like, 
I was meant to be a podcast host. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, you don't, you weren't like, I was meant to be a yoga influencer that changed the world and this author and all these things. So you're just like, oh, I'm here for the ride. Like whatever happens is dope. And I can be me the whole time. And I think that's like something to say uh, and really for people to look at and think of because a lot of people want to be you. A lot of people want to have your path. And, you know, I want to just roll into it, but it's like, there are people that see you and want to write books, want to do what you do, want to be on magazine covers and want to do all those things. Do you feel like some of your unattachment to it has been part of your success where you're like not forcing anything and you're really allowing it to flow? Literally. I mean, I was just thinking like, I feel like nothing in my life has really changed that much from when I was like, working in a restaurant and like practicing yoga for multiple hours during the morning and like practice, like doing working two jobs and like, like nothing feels different to me. I still feel like my feet are very firmly on the ground, largely because there is so much real shit that has to happen in order for all this to actually run. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, oh my, it's not like jet setting and like, oh my God, modeling. Like, okay, for example, Somersault, um, I'm in a the billboard. Everybody is a yoga body campaign. It's super exciting. It's like, I look at those images. I'm just like, fuck, that's turned out so good. Like above sunset. And then I remember that day, I was so sick that day. And we had like flown into New York. I immediately got sick. I was like, like projectile vomiting sick all during, I literally like up until the shoot was so ill. Mm. And then during the shoot through some magic combination of like, I don't even remember what liquid, but um, cannabis was definitely involved, but like something, it got me to a place where I was like, okay, I'm good. And the shoot was amazing. And everything, everything, everything was so positive. And my, uh, my girlfriend, who's also my producer was there and she was just like, wow, what is going on? Like, how are you Mm. able to switch? And then immediately afterward, I was so sick again, sick to the point where like, I did a podcast interview and I'm on Zoom. I literally projectile vomited on the wall next to where I was sitting (laughs) while I'm on Zoom with this woman. Like, literally. And I was like, this is so ratchet. And so when I look at at the pictures, I'm like, wow, that is what life is. You know what I mean? But when other people look at the pictures, they're like, oh my God. Yes, I know. And I'm like, it's literally just like everything else. And I feel like like when you are really, which is pretty much a requirement of any kind of uh, digital work. Like you really have to build it yourself. You have to, you have to, you, regardless of what happens next, you are in the trenches, digging out the trenches yourself. Like, and you, if, if, if you are blessed, there will be other people who will be inspired by the mission and be like, fuck yeah, I'm gonna get in these trenches with you. But like, Mm. it's so much trench digging that, when something like really exciting happens or really beautiful to look at happens, it's like, wow, that's kind of incredible. I mean, even I'm um, even thinking about Yoke and writing this book. When I first pitched it, I pitched it either while Everybody Yoga was in production or like shortly after it was released. And I remember my publisher was like, oh, um, when do you think you'll, like how long do you think it'll take you to write it? And I was like, oh, I can write it in a year. year." And I remember distinctly, my editor was like, really? A year? Like, you think think you'd be able to? Because around the same time, I was like starting the underbelly, my wellness company and all of these different things. And I was like, yeah, it's like a year. It's all right. And, you know, four years later, the book is coming out. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, okay. Great. But even in that process, it's like there's so much work that has to happen in order for it to happen. But I didn't realize how much life I needed to live in order to even write that book. Mm. So that there were things that had to happen during that four-year period that are not like... Some of them happen at the same time as glamorous-looking things happen. And for the most part, the things that I'm thinking of are like, kind of shitty they're really great life Mm. learning experiences but they're kind of hard and so I guess to summarize I think it is always I think I think you will always get where you need to be as long as you're being yourself Mm -hmm. and also that as long as you just stay in the reality of Mm -hmm. it and like 
let that be the reward and not be looking to like accolades or exciting things because more money, more problems. You know yeah. What I mean? yeah, I just we think we can control so much more than we can. And like the human addiction to timelines and mm-hmm. goals. And really, you know, I think it's probably society as well. So it's like, so you put out one book and they're like, it would be great if you could put out another book in a yeah. year because this is like what we've seen as successful and all of these things. And we think that we need to fit into those certain tracks. Mm-hmm. And I loved what you said in the book just about, you know, when I'm practicing yoga, I feel like I'm living off book. And I feel like it's those moments where when you're really living off book and you're off of that like mm-hmm. matrixy track yeah. that you are able to be fully embodied and fully expressed so, you know, that's what I just feel like pouring from your work. What were, if you can share, maybe one of those like, one of those like lessons or just moments that you needed to experience in order to finish or write this book? Wow. Well, okay. So I think that to your point about living off book. I think that... It's that actually, your, been, it's actually your point, babe. Mm-hmm, your <laughs> that's point. Your beautifully summarized point. I feel like <laughs> there's so much planning and obsession and desire to get it right mm-hmm. that happens. I think just, just think the capitalism asks for it and we obey. And I feel like regardless of whether or not you want to live off book, life will shove you so far. It really just doesn't even matter. So like whatever is meant to happen, it's going to happen. Even if you do not, even if you plan around it or think like I can micromanage this so it doesn't happen, like you will end up living your life off book. And I think that when I first started writing Yoke, the reason that I wanted to write about some of the topics in it was it was coming from a place of, if I'm being really honest, I think wanting to judge myself and therefore judge other people. Mm. And so, and from that judgment, they like, well, this is how, this is how um, I should be, or this is how, this is how yoga can help or just all of these different, really clear, distinct ideas. And what I really came to in the end is that it just doesn't, there's just so many different experiences that you'll have, regardless of what you try to plan or what you think ahead of time, that you have to have that are making you a better person. And I think, and that are the reasons for being alive. And um, even just thinking about this, actually, weirdly, because of this, uh, because of the publishing experience, I've become a lot more open talking about this particular experience. But um, like I talked about it recently on Instagram, and it's weird to me because I literally went years and never talking about this. And now I'm like, oh, it's weird. I was just putting the captain. But um, I wrote about it a little in Yoke. This, it was during a period where. I, a lot of really great things were happening. Great on the surface, complicated, but great. And um, I had this event at Tribeca Film Festival, and it was really like, it was a really incredible experience to be there. And afterwards, um, I was assaulted by someone who, sexually assaulted by somebody who worked at the hotel that I was staying at. Mm. And it was the sort of thing that like when it happened, it was so out of balance with everything else that was happening Mm. that I literally was like into a box. I cannot Mm. process this. This has to be this I can't deal with this right now. And in retrospect, and I I talk about it more in depth in the book, but I feel like it was an incredibly important experience for me. Even the tamping it down was an important experience. Like 
being able to see the way that I treat myself, the way that I judge myself, the way that I shame, the way that I um, victimize, the way that I um, am vindictive, Mm. the bloodlust of feeling that for another human being, like all of those emotions are so important. And I think that um, when you're writing out the list of things that you want to have happen in your life, shit like that is never going to make the cut. It's not, it's not like, yeah, yeah, I would like to prioritize emotional trauma. That sounds great. But at the same time, it's like, there's no way to get stronger without something like that happening. There's not, there's no way to grow Mm -hmm. without being challenged to see your whole self. Mm -hmm. And that is really ultimately like the crux of yoke is that if you challenge yourself to accept it all, if you are, if you submit to the intensity of it, and you let your vulnerability be a superpower, then you can rise from that place even more powerful than certainly than, than I could imagine. With that situation, what have you, you know, after sort of like piecing, you know, you first compartmentalize, which is what a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. And then you are able to identify a lot of the feelings. What has been your healing sense? Like in therapy or, or what have you tried to do? My feeling is that it is okay to feel all of the feelings. Mm-hmm. That there's not one resolved emotion. Mm-hmm. And also that as much, if anything, that I need not shame myself and that shaming myself is the root of wanting to shame the other person Mm -hmm. and really wanting to detach myself from anyone else Mm -hmm. in the equation to just let it be my experience, my truth, without any need to be understood or explained to anyone else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, as far as a way of moving forward and putting one step in front of the, one foot in front of the other, I just don't know that there's much more to ask of myself or the universe. Mm-hmm. Just to find that way to move forward. It's, it's so fascinating about our experience because we are so adverse whenever we come to hard times or hard experiences or things like that. But when we even recount our lives, it's like, what has been the biggest opportunity that you, or the biggest situation where you've grown or known yourself deeper? And I think almost everyone would say through a death, through an assault, through whatever the hard experience was, it's like, that's really how we know ourselves in the most profound way. And I'm trying to know myself more through joy and through my own liberation and love and in this like new phase of my life so that I'm not learning. I'm not kind of being so, this is me personally in my experience, being Mm -hmm. so unconscious to my life that like I'm having to learn through pain and struggle and and different things. So I'm trying to learn and joy, but man, it's like really part of our mm-hmm. life to really learn through that contrast mm-hmm. of the light and dark. And I know that's a huge concept in yoke. Exactly. And you know, I think that really accepting and standing in the darkness makes the light so much brighter. Mm-hmm. And it makes it, I think, at least sometimes easier to really appreciate the yeah. present moment in a different way. Mm-hmm. To be able to be like, you know what? This sucks. Mm. but the air is still here mm-hmm. still breathing and the sun it may or may not be shining but it's there and the grass is growing the flowers are blooming and there's really in this moment a lot of beauty mm-hmm. and a lot of joy and a lot of happiness But I think that not accepting the darkness and being like, 
I'm just going to pretend the darkness is not here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hide it. I'm going to stand away from it. Anything to not acknowledge the darkness. Mm-hmm. But when that happens, it becomes harder to like even appreciate the present moment because mm-hmm. it's, it is never good enough. It's always in comparison to some degree. Mm-hmm. I think that it has to come from that place of, from the lowest point. Mm-hmm. But I don't, um, I don't think that that's what our society really endorses or teaches. And so I feel like there's a tendency to only want to, only want to look at the happy things or the, the positive things. And, but I think that, um, yeah, yoke is really about two yokes, the union, bringing together, joining together. It's really like joining together the pieces of yourself that don't necessarily seem to fit together. And this is that also. It's saying that like, yeah, these really hard parts are here. But at the same time, there's also these good things and they can go together. It might be lumpy. It might be confusing, but they can go together. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm curious, you know, with, with so many people following you, who have eyes on you, who respect you, admire you, and are inspired by you, do you ever have a hard time discerning whether you should share certain things? Or are certain things private for processing? Because I can imagine, because you know, we're in a, a similar space where, you know, there's part of me that feels responsibility, and that's how I connect with people to share things that are like really private and vulnerable. And I find, you know, purpose and value in that. And I think other people do too. And I also wonder if there are parts of me that kind of kind of outsource that healing too soon where I'm like, here, let me share this so other people feel less alone, but yet I have not fully processed what I'm going mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's also like the thought that we have to be fully processed. Yes. You know, yes. that's also mm-hmm. too interesting 100%. where it's like, why do I, you know, cause I'm the same. It's like, why do I feel like I have to be fully processed with this to share? But totally. yeah, mm-hmm. curious your thoughts. Well, like why, like, it's like, oh my God. It's like the difference between being in process and have reaching a resolution. Mm-hmm. And like, I hate any feeling where it's like, I need to speak from a place of resolution. It's mm-hmm. like, I just don't know. I mean, maybe it's, I'm a cancer, I'm intuiting everything. So it's possible that like, I'm not wanting to commit to an outcome, but I'm like, I hate needing to, I hate any time that I need to like tell anybody how to live their life or like what is right and what is wrong or like how to deal with something. And I feel like my, the only reason to keep posting on social media is to just be myself, like just be myself. Because I feel like when I'm just being myself, even if it's like random and someone's like, I don't know, like I never thought about, I know I'm working on this video right now about making kefir, but it's not like I'm, I'm not like sharing a recipe on how to make kefir. It's pretty much a video about how not to make kefir actually. And it's not because I'm like, oh, I think that, um, I'm like, oh, I think people would engage with this. I'm like, I think it's funny and it is a part of my life. And when I look back at this time of my life, I would like to be able to see this piece of it. And that's one of the things that I really appreciate about social is that when I look back at years ago when I was posting, I'm looking at a snapshot of my life at that time. It's so cool. It's like, it's a journal that I can Mm. share with the world. And I've, I found that really just letting that be my motivation and like, just like, don't speak, don't speak unless I have something to say mm-hmm. and say whatever it is, even if it is potentially problematic and don't try not to like tell anybody else how to live their life or like, like to reach any real resolutions. I feel like the people who want to engage with my stuff are really just like, thank you for being a real person. Like, mm-hmm. thank you for just showing up and just doing your thing and just shining bright. Because I think that that inspires people to do the same thing in their own life. And that 
I don't need to, I just don't even know what's going on in other people's lives. I'm like, I don't want, I, it's possible anything that I say or do can be misconstrued or can be like, like someone could take issue with it or feel like, and I'm just like, I don't even, I'm just putting together. In fact, I've even recently started thinking like, um, when I post things, thinking about sending it to my mom, like that, like that's the kind of, that's the way that I would like to be engaging. It's like, I'm just, having a conversation with someone that I love and that, that, um, that I know ultimately is the person that I'm seeking, uh, approval from Mm. (laughs) and, um, just being able to be like, Oh, like I made this out of macaroni for you. You know, like this Mm -hmm. is like, I'm just, I'm a fool. I'm I'm just showing you, showing you my life and telling you what's going on and and not like I need to, Mm not with anything more complicated than that because in short I feel you completely mm-hmm. and absolutely experience what y'all are talking about mm-hmm. completely I wonder too like it's you know I think about your experience as like a black woman who calls herself you know like mm-hmm. who's body positive what, what's the word do you use body positive or what's like the one that you like to use because I you know, know it's I don't like know that I even really yeah, body liberation. Body liberation. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like, so you come into yoga and it's already like, kind of like a thin white woman. Like you talk about cultural appropriation mm-hmm. in it. And it's already like, you're like, okay, no one looks or feels like me. So you already feel like, well, I'm going to blaze my own trail and I'm going to like live a liberated mm-hmm. life because I'm already in spaces where I don't look like everyone or I'm not really like, on the same vibe as everyone. So I think it really helps you in a lot of ways just to be in your own energy of your own experience because you're like, I've never felt like I really fit in or looked like everyone in the standard yoga way that everyone does. So you've always been like almost given that permission in a way, but then also you probably have felt like you had to create that permission for yourself. What is that in yoga? Yeah, can you talk about that? Well, yeah, I think that it's definitely creating the permission inside myself. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's actually the same for everybody, even people who see themselves represented in the mainstream, that there's a feeling of like, like you have to believe in yourself, Mm -hmm. like more so than anything else. Like it doesn't even matter because even if you see yourself represented, like if you don't believe in yourself, it's not going to matter. And that has been the part that, has been most complex and transformative for me. Mm-hmm. And that is definitely a part of the, and through the, through the chapters of yoke, there is a lot of that happening. It's like, mm-hmm. there's a necessity to just own myself. At the end of the day, I just have to believe in myself because there's no one else to believe in me. You know, there's, if, and if I don't believe in myself, then how can, how will anyone else? Mm-hmm. And I think that, Discovering the different ways that I don't believe in myself has been, continues to be, I would say, fascinating because it comes, it crops up in all these different places. And I do agree that there is a, a deep liberation in not being accepted by the mainstream <laughs> because it means that you're kind of like, well, it's, it's easier to be like, well, so no one else is going to believe in me, so I'm just going to believe in myself. But um, I think that it, it's very lonely regardless. Mm-hmm. It's very lonely. And I think that um, feeling lonely is something that many of us try not to feel and, and go out of our way to not feel. But a lot of the work for me is just being really comfortable in a feeling of loneliness mm-hmm. and getting comfortable with walking my own path mm-hmm. and getting comfortable with being misunderstood and not receiving approval from mm-hmm. other people. Like, and that I think I say it like, yeah, you know, follow these steps and you'll be able to, you'll, you'll feel great. And like, I don't want to make it seem like it's easy or simple because it's not, it really requires like doing the opposite of what society tells you to do. Mm. But at the end of the day, I think it um, it has really powerful effects. 
Yeah, I don't think, I think it's something that happens to everybody. Something mm-hmm. that, um, it, that we all experience. Yeah, that, that, that season of loneliness that I think, you know, people experience in different ways, like just being in the space that we're in, I feel like we, we speak to a lot of people in the space of spirituality and health and wellness and those that are really shifting paradigms and paving a path, that seems to be one of the marks on Mm -hmm. their path, which is kind of feeling alone and Mm -hmm. feeling like no one is truly validating their purpose and existence. And to me, you know, just, you know, admiring you and your path, it's almost like the world hasn't caught up yet. Mm -hmm. You know, I know you've gotten so much validation in a lot of different ways, but still feeling that loneliness, I I feel like it just hasn't caught up yet. How, you know, I'm thinking about your ability to be so on your path and to be in the loneliness. Like, was there a part of your upbringing that instilled that sense of who you are and your purpose that you can kind of point to? I do think actually that being bullied in middle school in particular was really a positive experience for me in the long run. Obviously, it sucked at the time. And Mm -hmm. it was really, it was a mind fuck on a lot of different levels. And also, I mean, I was never popular. Like, I didn't have a lot of friends when I was in elementary school. And these were, I would, I tried desperately Mm -hmm. to be like everyone else. Like, I, I, (laughs) I said this the other day, and then I thought about it, and I was like, yeah, you obviously didn't try that hard. Like, you could have tried harder. So maybe I could have tried harder. I did. I, I, at the time, I felt like I was doing my best. And, um, <laughs> and it just never fit. Like, I never was really with the group. And at the time, it was very hard for me. And, um, and I felt a lot of shame. And I was very depressed. Mm-hmm. but I did not realize the spiritual conditioning that I was doing then. Mm-hmm. And I think that honestly, it would be perhaps impossible for me to be living the life that I'm currently living without that experience. I think that if I had not felt what it means to be ostracized, mm-hmm. then I probably would not uh, have felt as comfortable as I did carving my own path in an industry where there really was no precedent for Mm. the type of work that I currently do. It was not, I mean, everything has been kind of like a being, it's just, it is really hard. Like, I don't, I feel like I'm like, yeah, you know, this happened when I was younger and now I feel so differently. I'm like, no, I think that uh, everything has been an opportunity to, practice that same like just tuning into myself and reading reading my own book and turning to my own journal and not not being not not holding any animosity toward anyone else as as I am standing on my own Mm. and I think that no matter what other work you do that is the work that's really being asked and it's really I mean like thinking about Every first, like, I don't, I don't really don't know any other black owned wellness, uh, yoga wellness, digital yoga wellness brands other than the underbelly. And that in and of itself, like carving out a home where I think no one expects for there to be a home, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that kind of work it was really necessary for me to have the experience of being ostracized mm-hmm. in order for that to happen. Yes. It's like creating a home for that. Yeah. It's so, it's so beautiful how time gives us such grace. Like, thank God for time, mm-hmm. you know, cause when you're in that moment of being bullied, when you're in seventh, eighth grade, which I don't know why people don't tell you how hard those years are. Ooh. I, those I were for everyone. everyone. Oh, oh they God. need to, I cannot, they need to like, talk about that in school. They need to really make that more. And this is why we created Almost 30 to make the later 20s the conversation. But they really need to talk more about mm-hmm. that because that was that was 
traumatizing in so many ways. Yeah. In so many ways. And like high key, almost 30 is, it's like that same yeah. time yes. period, but just like flip it in reverse With money. somehow. It's mm-hmm. like that whole, <laughs> absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also mm-hmm. like just with, purpose and intention and like like if you make it to 27 it's like oh so literally everything gets to be higher stakes and it's like oh life just keeps on going Mm -hmm. interesting yeah okay so what am I doing with this life that I've been offered like Mm -hmm. and I think that middle school ages is like like sixth seventh eighth grade it's like okay so childhood over I'm a whole person. I'm also a sexual being yes. who's like mm-hmm. maybe getting a menstrual cycle. I'm, my body is growing in different ways. It's like a whole physical awakening. Yes. And like, it's so interesting. I'm assuming, it seems like this happens again around 40, 50, and 60. Yep. So like, stay tuned for that. Second but I return, like yeah. This. I can't <laughs> wait. Mm-hmm. But, um, Be liberated but as fuck. It actually, it does get so fun like yeah. like low-key life is really fun when it's when it is intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I completely yeah. agree. And I think with the seventh, eighth grade and then the late 20s into 30s, it's like you're approaching this time that's like approaching high school. And everyone's like, high school means this, you know, fill in the blank. And I think there is this anticipation energy and this almost survival of the fittest energy that people kind of perpetuate where it's like the popular group or, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's very interesting. It's like media. Yes. It's like very, it's, it's, totally it's very media fittest. and survival of the fittest, mm-hmm. but it's like the media portrays that there were cliques and groups and there is a hierarchy. So people kind of act within that clueless perceived, I mean, yeah, perceived hierarchy. Oh, yeah. And also too, with kids and, you know, even kids, like you'll see kids come to school and they are literally parroting whatever's happening at home. Like they are saying Literally. the things they are, mm-hmm. they're spewing the pain that they receive at home. So I'm hopeful that with greater healing and awakening of people that maybe seventh and eighth grade could be less intense, but there's something really during that time that is like incredibly horrifying. And like, you know, you're just, you don't even want to. And now with social live. media, I mean, if, if there was social media when I was in seventh and eighth grade, I mean, I really, I I pray on a regular basis yeah. for kids who are in middle school, have phones, have social media, are bullying each other through social media. Yep. Ooh. Yep. It's crazy. I just, you know, I wish that there was more awareness of like the fact that it is so hard for everyone and that Mm -hmm. the person who's being bullied, the the person who's bullying is being bullied by someone Mm -hmm. and that everything is coming from this space of pain and that the more that we can just be not even like needing to be like are you okay man to everybody but just being like yeah it's life is hard you know it's Mm -hmm. hard and and shit everybody has something going on that you have no idea about Mm -hmm. and if we just go from that place of like okay so everyone is carrying a load that I can't imagine yes I I I can appreciate that I can be compassionate toward that and I don't know if it's even really because now that I think about it, I feel like at least one adult must have told me that in middle school. Mm-hmm. I was like, like you don't know my life. I'm yes, so much of a professional now. But like, <laughs> I feel like I wish there was a way to express that. Mm-hmm. The younger you can understand that, the better. Yeah. I mean. I, yeah, I always think about, you know, in person, in 3D life, no one would ever say to you the things that they say online. You know, I like a year ago, I walked past this couple and they were fighting and it was pretty tense. And I really didn't, I was uncomfortable with the way he was speaking to her. But I, so I watched them for a while and I was just, you know, kind of watching and observing. But in my head, I'm like, well, you know, maybe this is his first time saying something back or maybe, you know, I had all these stories in my head with excuse, not excuses, mm-hmm. but like, this is potentially what could also be happening. But when you're online, you know, people say things, then they're never really considering the 3D world of like what else could be happening. Mm-hmm. But we're in real life. You really do consider the 360 of someone else and no one really speaks to people in that like 2D way because mm-hmm. we're almost like these projections that you interact really? with. Yeah. That is so interesting to me about the internet. It creates this space where like you can be 
thoroughly out of pocket with people, like in a way that you never would be just like just receiving another human being's facial expression or body language presents mm. some of the language that you get on social yes, media. And completely. so it is fascinating to me. And I, in those situations in particular, that's where I'm like, like anytime that I'm being trolled or like someone is, you know, intentionally saying something shitty, I'm just always like, wow, what's going on in your life? Or like, what, what, did, what button did I unintentionally push by yeah. just existing? And like, not that I need to do anything different. I'm chilling. But I can understand that that is a lot to receive. And, you know, we all have intense moments. And mm-hmm. like, I'm more so than anyone else. And one of the things that, um, that comes up for me whenever I read something negative, it's like, like, these people don't know that I'm from Greensboro. And I, you think I'm nice because it's the internet, but if we met in real life, I would cut you. I could cut you all the way down. <laughs> and I'd be like, why are you going to be like that? Like, this is, this is, and then, then I'm like, oh, I get it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm having the same reaction that they're having. Yes. And it's just, it's all okay, ultimately. And I feel like there's so much, especially after the last year, and there's just so much collective heartache. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, it's good that there are ways for us to get it out. I don't know. I mean, I just feel like it's all not taking it personally is really the thing. That's, mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all. I don't, I don't know if y'all have read the Four Agreements by Dami Galbraith or you, but it is like definitely my book of books. It's, it's like mm-hmm. my number one sacred text, and one of the four agreements is um, to never take anything personal mm-hmm. because everything that anyone does is coming from something that's happening with them and it just doesn't have anything to do with you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that, that's what I think about that. Yeah, we're really just interact. I always just remember, I'm like, we're really just interacting with these like projections. It's like a screen. Mm-hmm. You know, we. Literally. it's like <laughs> these people, it's like the masks of people that they wear, like which is, you know, a part of everyday life curated online in these specific ways. And there isn't really, no one's like, it's not really real. You know, so much of it isn't real. But something I want to talk about within the book was about like consumerism and just ways that you've, because I really look, I think you're such a great example of of really being mindful of that. And I feel like you've been like that your whole life. Um, How do you temper that? Like, how do you, how are you mindful of what you consume in your life? Mm. Oh my God. I'm not. I don't know. I feel like, I mean, I guess I'm, I give off every emotional energy that comes into my body. And so when I do things that are not serving my spirit and which cause me to release negative emotional energy, that's always the key for me to like, okay, let's check in here. Something's up. Like, um, one of my things is, trying not to. I said, I said before, like, I don't because I feel like I'm practicing everything and like there are things that I practice that I do not do ever. I'm not successful in them every day, but something that I think about is the time of day that I'm engaging with content. And I feel like the morning time, especially before I've done my morning rituals and practices, if I am on social media before that, my day is like fucked from mm-hmm. that point because mm-hmm. I'm like totally in this space of it's not even like like there's so much cool stuff to see but thinking about how other people perceive me mm-hmm. that early in the day is like it just sets the tone for everything else mm-hmm. and so like that's a really big thing I think um being conscious of like the reason that I am putting myself out into the world? Like, is it because I have something to say or is it because I need to be seen? Yeah. And like, that is not, I mean, I think, I think both sides are good, but like just asking the questions feels really important for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I definitely had a point a few years ago where I couldn't decide if I wanted to keep posting on social media because I really felt like and continue to feel like yoga really asks us to do the opposite of what social media does. 
I feel like social media says look to the outside world for approval. And yoga is literally like, do not look to the outside world for approval. Look inside yourself. And so I had this conflict of like, should I even still be on here? Is this serving my practice? Is this serving my soul? And eventually I landed on like, well, first of all, I think that human beings have always shared their lives with one another. And I think that this is just an extension of that. And I think that there's a lot of power and opportunity in for other human beings in seeing somebody just be complicated and messy and problematic and like make the wrong decision and then exist in the wrong decision and then through walking through the muck of the wrong decision, like like watching the lotus blossom bloom up, basically. I feel like there's a lot of beauty in that and importance in that. And so that really is the only reason that I kept doing it. But even now, I wonder if I will always feel that way. And I think that things could change eventually. And it it may be that it does not balance out anymore and that there is not a reason to engage in that way. But I think there are so many benefits to the ways that we're able to communicate with one another mm-hmm. now. Like there it's overwhelming benefits. Mm-hmm. So just the fact that you can find someone to connect with without ever leaving your home and feel seen in a mm-hmm. way that makes you want to live your life out loud. That is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And that has come through this iteration of capitalism. And it is complicated and messy and not great much of the time. But I think it's that's the yoga of it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the yoking, that's the union, that all the different parts of it have to be there. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I love your point about just asking yourself those questions yeah, because I think that's so important. I think we just kind of I, I've had seasons of my life where I'm just kind of like going along and I forget like how I really feel and what I really believe mm-hmm. and why I'm doing things. And I think those just simple questions or more complicated questions are so important as you navigate spaces and encounter this just capitalistic existence that we do and be able to reckon with the light and the dark and also maintaining this sense of self within it all. And just honoring too like the seasons of our lives. Mm -hmm. Like with social media, I was just telling Krista earlier, I'm like, I feel like I'm in a season where I really don't want to share a lot right now, you know? But there's this part of me that's like, oh, that's a bummer lens. Like this is what you do. And what does that mean? Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it's really like honoring these seasons because it could be that the next year, like I could feel this just like total rejuvenation and energy from sharing and and feeling um, better about it. So it's like honoring those ebbs and flows and seasons of our our lives. Yeah, I, I I wanted to I wanted to go back just for a moment on, and Krista brought up this idea of masks. You know, in the book you were talking about yoga as peeling back the edges um, of your mask. And you know that it does that for for those that engage in the practice. Can you can you expand upon that and what that really means and what your experience has been with that? I think that from the moment that you arrive on Earth, you're wearing a mask to some degree, some kind of mask. And I think that that mask is then compounded by the people that are around you. It's like immediately you're like, what the fuck is going on? I was like, I I was and now I am. And then your parents or whoever is like, oh, you're so and so. This is your name. Here you are. This this is your this is your name, and you are a human being. And now you're living this life. And look look at like look at everything. And then they teach you how to be a human. And then after that point, at least for me, I'm not speaking for anybody. For me, I just 
started trying to repeat everything that they told me. I just tried to do exactly what I've been told. Like, okay, so this is where we go. This is how I eat. This is how I speak. This is what I do. And all in service of this mask of being Jessamine. But in reality, Jessamine is just the mask that I'm going to leave behind. Like she's just, just a, a creature of this world. Beneath this mask, I am a light that is connected to every other type, every other being on this planet, all of us, that same light. And we all breathe the same air. We're all connected at the core, all the same, ultimately. The mask is really important. I think because it's how you learn about, it's how you learn about yourself. It's the vehicle for everything. Mm. It makes it all possible. Without the mask, you wouldn't physically walk around. But at the same time, believing that the mask is the full expression of who you are, for me, feels like not enough. Mm-hmm. I think that I get lost in what it means to be Jessamine and who she is and what, what would she do? You know, like what, what is the work that she would do? Like what is, and then so that to that end, there's a lot of like performance that happens where it's just like, you're just performing life. You're not actually living life. You're just performing. And I don't think that there's a need to, I think the masks are important. I think that it's it's literally so important, but it is not the only thing. It's not it's not the um, the be all and end all of of life. And I think that um, I mean, talk about something that's opposite of how I was raised to think. I think I was raised to believe that I need to pretend to have an identity, basically. I need to, uh, like, I pick and choose different life activities based on how it would look to be doing it, as opposed to who I am, as opposed to the, the light underneath. It's not anything more than reflection. And it's not a a call to like change your mask or like look look at the kind of mask that you're wearing. It's just like acknowledge that you're wearing a mask, Jessamine. Acknowledge and and see what happens when you go from there. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, I. Some like I remember in a mushroom ceremony one time I was like walking. I'm like, damn, I've loved this mask. Like I've loved this identity in this lifetime. I'm like, what a good one. I thought about that. I was like, damn, what a good one. I was, I really loved this, this being that I created myself to be in this lifetime. And it was like that ego death dying of like, oh man, this is what I, you know, this is my identity I've created and it will never be again. And there have been other ones where I haven't realized that I was something outside of my soul. And I think a lot of the topics that you talk about within this are really consciousness. And it's really beautiful for people that don't fully understand how to get into consciousness or how to be conscious, but it really is the asking of why all the time. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I saying what I'm saying? With kindness and compassion, analyzing, is it programming? Is it me? Is it my soul? Is it because I want approval? You know, always coming to that point of why from a really kind place. And then it is the realization that we are more than just this expression that we have physically or this expression that we have as our ego or as our perceived identity. We are the soul that is eternal and we are so much more. And I think that's really beautiful. And I think it's really great that Yoke really goes through that and then also talks about the light and the dark because that's also part of the conscious experiences, seeing all as one and seeing the beauty of the dark and the shadow as it supports us in our deepest evolution. Exactly. Literally, exactly. Yoke, 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 yoke. I feel like there is so much that's like, there's so much about 
consciousness that is really hard to like get your mind around yes. or even give a fuck about yes. without the right like entry point. And I think that is really my goal in yoke is to just make it where mm. it's like I'm not trying to. It's not. It doesn't need to be philosophy. Like we can really talk about it in real life, and that for anyone, the book is really just me saying, "This is what I'm experiencing in my life, and this is what has come up for me." What comes up for you? Like I'm so grateful for the conversation that has started from this because I think that we as society are so hungry to connect with each other and to have like really legit to, to acknowledge our math and mm-hmm. to be like, yes, this is, this is who I am and it doesn't make sense. And it hurts sometimes. And I've done things that have hurt other people. Mm. And still I stand here with my arms spread wide. And I think that, um, yeah, not it's, I think it can be helpful to hear it from somebody else's perspective sometimes. Their personal experience. 100. Could not agree more. Thank Excited you. Excited for... Are you getting the cats on the trailer? Are they coming with? They, the cats... So I have two partners. One of my partners is my producer. She's coming yeah. with me. We're going together. My other partner is a chef. We'll stay in Durham and the cats oh. will stay with them. Mm. But our little dog, Baby Shark, he's a little uh, mini chihuahua. He is coming. And he... I'm like, we have to get a little, like, uh, like an ascot, not an ascot, but like a little, uh, <laughs> like, tie for his neck and, like, like a beret yes. with some sunglasses. He's, like, <laughs> jet-setting traveler, baby. Yeah. Ah! But, like, that's, that's the vibe. It's like, and honestly, uh, this next adventure is really an expression of so much that we're talking about now. Yeah. Like, thinking about the capital, just the influence of capitalism and what we were talking about earlier, like needing to purge after, like while moving, this feeling of like, oh, I'm just like inundated with stuff. There's just all this stuff everywhere. I have to do something. Like mm-hmm. I need to just shed mm-hmm. and go out into nature and just be with the earth. Like mm-hmm. I need to reconnect to what is real. And so that's, that's what we're doing is reconnecting. Mm, fucking Purging love that. and reconnecting. Love. I'm excited for you. I was going to say, cats would not fuck with that trip. <laughs> Most cats that I know would no. be like, no, oh my God. no, no, no. <laughs> I've heard about people who see, who have cats in RV life, and I'm just like, what are you even talking wow. about? That's my, that's my biggest fantasy. But you know, <laughs> they're, like, like they're just like moving around and in. No, I'll miss them, but the cats really teach you how to live. They're like, Facts. just don't worry about more than anything just be here right now yes I'm so and chill. chill oh i'm so well, we appreciate you we love talking to you and i'm so, so excited to see your trip it's gonna be oh my god if you come to la yeah so hit us up la or new york hell yeah well the book is out june 22nd so exciting and underbelly so people where can people uh sign up for underbelly get the app so you can find the underbelly at theunderbelly.com and you can try a two week free trial and you can find me on social media at my name is Jessamine. You can find uh, the underbelly on social media as well at the underbelly yoga and you can find yoke anywhere the books are sold. Yes. And then we have, awesome. we go high, right? Oh yes. And we go high my cannabis justice initiative based in North Carolina. Anything, if you're looking to get involved with our movement, you can go to we go I love mm. that. I will, yeah, that's so sick. Powerhouse. Okay. Thank you so much. Good luck with the move. We'll we be watching. You <laughs> Talk to you later. <laughs> You're so Bye. welcome. Y'all have a good one. Love. Bye.